When it rains, it pours. In the past couple weeks, there have been four different studies examining whether or not women can do something during or prior to pregnancy to reduce their risk of having a child with autism. And I know the words prevention and risk in relation to autism are very controversial, but many, many parents are wondering if there's anything they can do to reduce the probability of having a child with autism. It's a real question parents are asking, and I'm not going to shy away from it. There is now data to reinforce earlier studies that taking folic acid very early in pregnancy, even before you get pregnant, can lower the chances of having a child with autism, and in one study, those with autism and intellectual disability. I'm absolutely comfortable sharing this information with you because not only is the finding evidence-based, these studies are not telling pregnant women to drink battery acid or to wear aluminum foil on their head. Taking folic acid during pregnancy is something that medical doctors who go to school for years and get medical degrees have been telling pregnant women. Folic acid helps prevent a number of birth defects, including cleft palate, and folic acid is even enriched in certain foods. If you're pregnant or thinking about becoming pregnant, you should be taking folic acid supplements anyway. A few years ago, there were a few studies here and there using relatively small samples to examine this question, both in the U.S. and Canada. The first study published out of UC Davis and recently replicated showed a reduction in the probability of having a child with autism, even in those with a specific mutation which affects the folate metabolism pathway. And it also showed this effect in those that were exposed to high, high, high levels of pesticides. High as in, someone dumps pesticides in your backyard every week during your pregnancy, or you walk around in bare feet in fields covered in pesticides, that high. Another larger study in Norway showed the same results. And this week, as I mentioned, these studies were expanded. One was in Sweden, where there was a group of families who'd been tracked for a very long time called the Stockholm Youth Cohort. These kids were registered in Sweden from birth, and from medical registries in Sweden, mothers who took different types of vitamins were then followed to see if they had a child with autism. They never even had to contact the family again. These are all due to records and registry data. The kids were grouped according to whether or not their moms took prenatal vitamins with or without folic acid and also iron supplements. Now, general multivitamins really didn't have an effect on autism, and neither did iron, but taking folic acid supplements did reduce the risk of having a child with autism and intellectual disability specifically. That effect may be because most kids in this cohort also had intellectual disability. Those with intellectual disability are the ones considered some of the most severely affected, and they should probably be studied further with regards to risk and resilience factors. One question around preventable risk factors is always, does it reduce risk of a behavior or feature that you want to reduce while preserving other features? Another study in Boston didn't just look at maternal folic acid use, but it looked at folic acid levels in moms at birth. They found that when plasma folate levels were in the normal range, there was a decrease in the probability of having a child with autism. Too low blood folate levels resulted in an increased risk of autism, and so did too high folate levels. Think of it as a U. Too low, high risk. Middle, low risk. And too high, also high risk. This was the study.
study that got so much attention at IMFAR last year because some very irresponsible media outlets, <gasps> I mean, imagine, misinterpreted the findings and said that folic acid supplements during pregnancy caused autism. This is not true. It is so not true, I hate to even repeat it. Further investigation showed that folic acid intake during the first trimester is critical in reducing the probability of having a child with autism. Other previous studies had suggested that it was more important to take these folic acid supplements even before conception. So in this study, we see the effect is actually pronounced in the first trimester. So the end result is better late than never. If you didn't take folic acid preconceptually, don't let it bother you. Take it now. So where is this high level of folate in the blood coming from? Remember, they looked directly at the blood levels of folate in moms right after they had their babies. Well, these high levels are not coming from a genetic mutation of a gene which affects the folate metabolism pathway, but further examination of how women in that high folate level group took folic acid, it seems that these were the ones that took it more than five times a week. Those in the low folate group took it less than two times a week. So the sweet spot seems to be taking it between three and five times a week. Now, I want to clarify that this was just an indirect assessment. They just compared patterns. So take that with a grain of salt. So if and when you become pregnant, in one of the many, many blood tests you're going to have to take, ask your doctors to check your plasma folate levels and your B12 levels. There may be an interaction between the two that needs further investigation. Although many studies showed a reduction in the probability of having a child with autism after taking folic acid, it apparently is not seen everywhere. And in Denmark, there doesn't really even seem to be this relationship. But as researchers in China determined when they took all of the studies, compared them, looked at their data, how strong the effects were, where they were going, how consistent they were, and how the sample sizes influenced the outcome, they compared 12 of them. And for the most part, they all resulted in a reduction in the probability of having a child with autism following prenatal folic acid consumption. Now, I also want to make sure this is not a prevention study. It's a reduction in the probability study. It was found that supplementation with folic acid could reduce the risk to about 0.771. This is about a 23 reduction statistically. This means autism outcome is less likely to happen, not that it's not going to happen. The associations were significant among Asian, European, and American populations. In summary, putting all the data together in a comprehensive meta-analysis does suggest that maternal use of folic acid during pregnancy could significantly reduce the risk of autism in children, regardless of ethnicity, as compared to women who did not supplement with folic acid. I know when we posted this on Facebook, many parents voiced a concern that the studies didn't take into account a mutation of the folate pathway, specifically in a gene called MTHFR. This stands for methyl and tetrahydrofolate reductase. Say that three times. The MTHFR gene mutation affects the body's ability to use folic acid or folate, and it increases the risk of some diseases. So this is a reasonable question to ask. The Boston study, which found increased risk with high levels of folate in the blood, they looked at the MTHFR mutation, and they didn't see any differences in those with and without this mutation in the moms. 
The Swedish study didn't have that data and neither did the Denmark study. However, if you do have this mutation, you should obviously consult with your doctor or the person that told you you had this mutation for specific medical advice. If you're taking anything away from this podcast, take folic acid during pregnancy. Don't take the whole bottle in a week. Remember, everything is in moderation. I'm including the references to these articles in the podcast text if you're interested. Thanks for listening.